Welcome, everybody, to episode 21 of We Effed Up. I'm Teresa. I'm Cody. And we're here once again, as we do, to tell you about a specific instance in history where somebody effed up, we effed up, and history changed forever because of that. What are we talking about today? Uh, Well, if you recall last time I asked you, you know, besides Ireland, what country does England like to screw with? And the answer was... I can't remember. Scotland. Oh, Scotland. I mean, honestly, there are so many right answers for what country does England like to screw with. You could say the entire continent of Africa, India, Pakistan, Australia, Canada, the United States, Mexico, many island nations. I mean, have I gotten any of them wrong? No. Yeah, see... That <laughs> more, more more than the rest. I think I got it right when when you asked me the yes, first time. You, you I think did. I was like in the right state you got of mind. It in one. Yeah, um, but yeah, Scotland. So yeah. we're talking about Scotland this yes, time. Again, okay, for the second time. Second time. Yep. Yay! So, but it's much further back than the first time we talked about Scotland. The first time we talked about Scotland was like late seventeenth century. Okay, uh, run way back in this one. Okay, so a little bit of background the. Kingdom of Scotland, the foundation of it is typically dated to 843, uh, or at least the foundation of the Scottish monarchy, uh, when Kenneth MacAlpin would come to the throne. But Scotland, much like England, uh, it wasn't really a unified country yet. Uh, it's just like what is today, Scotland was made up of several different kingdoms, kind of like how England had been. Uh, so you have like, you know, Alba... Diariata, Strathclyde, you have all these different kingdoms that make up, like, what is now Scotland. What? I've never even heard of one of those things. Yeah, well. I mean, that's not saying much, but, wow. So there was a bunch of different, like, I'm assuming sort of, like, tribal nations? Uh, Yeah, like, sort of, like, petty kingdoms. I don't know what a petty kingdom is. Uh, Like a baby kingdom? They all kind of, of, like, they all kind of... Exist. Yeah, it, yeah, it's like a small territory, but it's ruled by a king, so it's like kind of like, nah, you're not, you shouldn't be calling yourself a king, you don't really rule over that much. More of a lord. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, so that's usually what, a, what I mean by a petty kingdom. Okay. Uh, the original succession to the monarchy alternated between branches of the same family, which generated conflict and strife. Okay. So like... Uh, one branch of the family descended from one of Kenneth and McAlpin's sons would rule. And then he, when he died, um, a member from a branch that descended from another son would rule. Oh, boy. It just kept alternating. Yeah. So that seems it confusing. Just, it was messy. Um, <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So, and of course, they don't, that's like, they, they, they eventually come into conflict with each other, so. Okay. Um. Probably trying to decide which branch was going to come next, right? Yeah. Okay. So... Yeah, that's messy. Uh, since its establishment in 927 by King Athelstan, the Kingdom of England took an active interest in Scotland. Athelstan. Athelstan. Interesting. Very, very uh, uh, Anglo-Saxon name. Yeah. Uh, England would sometimes interfere in internal Scottish affairs. Like uh, they'd either fight battles to bring Scotland into line, or they'd back pretenders to the Scottish throne. Like if there's conflict between these different branches of the family. Um, England would be like, oh, well, we'll back this one that's in opposition, just to, like, you know... <laughs> to stir the pot? Yeah. Oh, England. Yeah. You well, pot stirrer. Well, plus, like, a uh, a kingdom, like, to the north of you, it's 
better when it's like kind of broken up so it's easier to control a sure little bit, yeah so. they wanted to destabilize yes. scotland they didn't want to unify yeah. scotland so fast forward 1124 and david the first comes to the throne of scotland david the uh, first okay. david he had been raised in england um england after the norman conquest in 1066 um i'm not gonna get into like why he was raised there but point being he was raised there um, but when he came to the throne in 1124 in Scotland, he reformed Scottish governance. Uh, he would appoint English or French officials to positions of power, and he made Anglo-Norman nobility aristocrats in Scotland. Okay. Which had the effect of creating closer ties between the two countries. Okay. Uh, so he farmed, uh, farmed out some of their higher-up people. Yeah, he brought okay. in, like, these other people from outside Scotland. Um, I was like, hey, look, they're not so bad. Yeah. I see. Okay. Um, and this is sometimes called the Davidian Revolution, because it <laughs> okay. basically just completely reformed how the country worked. Not the same as the Branch Davidians. No. <laughs> Lord, no. That's all, that's all I can think of when you said Davidian. I was like, oh, like Branch Davidians? No. There's not uh Was that the polygamous cult? The Branch Davidians? Right? No, that was like David Koresh. I was like Waco. Oh, okay. Yeah. Well, that's way sadder. Well, I mean, they're both sad. Anyways... Not, what were not you the, thinking of? Um, I was thinking of the... Have you seen on Netflix, there's that um, documentary called Keep Sweet, Keep Sweet, Pray, and Obey? The, no, I okay. haven't seen that one. It's about the, that uh, Mormon sect that had, like... The one guy had a bunch of wives that were all, like, teenagers. They raided their compound. Like the guy on Sister Wives? No, 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 no. <laughs> it, it was, like... It was way worse than that. Um it was, it was, uh, it happened in like the, I want to say the early 2000s or the 2010s. Hmm. Um, it was about, uh, Warren Jeffs, the, oh, the fundamentalist. Yeah, I, yeah, yeah, I've heard the name. I, I haven't watched that documentary though. Yeah, I haven't watched it yet either. I'm a little scared, but basically he had like about a hundred teenage wives. Oh, yeah. And it was gross. all like daughters of people who were in the church and stuff. So. Ugh. Yeah, and he's like an old man. Uh, he, he's still in prison, I think. I think Good. he's going to be in prison forever. But anyways, I thought that the Branch Davidians was the Warren Jeff Fundamentalist no. Church of Latter-day Saint people. They're not. No, yeah, that, This is the they're, Davidian they're the Revolution. Yeah. We digress. Yes. We've, we've strayed far we. from Scotland. I have strayed yes. far from Scotland. I ADHD. Sorry, guys. Anyway, <laughs> uh, part of David's reforms was finally settling on a parent-to-child type of primogeniture. Like, okay. the child, like, my child will inherit. His child will inherit from him. And so on and so forth. So, did he get the idea from England and uh, brought it there? Yeah, uh, okay. possibly. I mean, that also had a, you know, parent-to-child type of thing going, so. Okay. Uh, not always smoothly, certainly, but. Yeah, I just wondered if that was, like, if the, if he was the one who established that as an idea, or if he like borrowed it from England, was like, hey, England basically does that, unless there's like a you know yeah, revolution. Yeah, we're doing it is dumb. <laughs> yeah, we you know we'd have a lot less fighting if you could just like yeah. pick one. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so eventually, in 1249, um, after several generations, David's great great grandson Alexander the Third came to the throne. That's confusing because now I'm just going to think of Alexander the Great. Which is even more confusing because Alexander the Great is Alexander the Third, the third of no. Macedon. Oh my god, <laughs> this is so confusing. 
But we are God. not talking about Alexander the Great. He was about, oh, about uh, 1,500 years before oh my the time God. when we're talking. So This is why I get Lawrence of Arabia and Alexander... Like, I understand Lawrence of Arabia has nothing to do with any of this story, aside from I think he was British, right? Yes. Okay. I understand that. But anytime somebody says Lawrence of Arabia, I think of those old movies from the 50s and 60s. And I'm like, yes, Alexander the Great. That's exactly the same thing. They happen during the same time, even though they are almost millennia apart. <laughs> I know. I know. This is what happens. Well, when... why does movies from the 50s and 60s think, make you think of because Alexander my, the Great? In my head, I'm like, okay, Alexander the Great looks like that. <laughs> He looks like he was depicted in those old movies. Lawrence of Arabia was. No, no I know that. But, I mean, I think that... Maybe, maybe this, a... this will make it easier for you. Lawrence of Arabia, think Peter O'Toole. Alexander the Great, think Colin Farrell. No, this is going to make it worse. You're just making it worse because then I'm going to be like, Gladiator, yeah. Exactly. That's Russell Crowe. I know. And then I'm going to be like, yep, and Troy. That all happened at the same time. That's Brad Pitt. I, I am aware of that, <laughs> but you see what I mean. Like, and, 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 and his name is not Troy. I, I know. <laughs> I know that now. It's Achilles. See, I got it now. Now. Um, <laughs> I know. I know. But see, <laughs> you see how having <laughs> the listeners, this is a, a perfect example of why you should have a very stable his background in history learning because if you don't then you're going to confuse it because you instead will have an encyclopedic knowledge of uh pop culture and movie history and that will not do you any good and you will not win at trivia nor will you do very well in jeopardy <laughs> that that's why i get them all confused is because i just think about the movies i'm like yes gladiator came out around the same time as Troy, which came out around the same time as that movie with Colin Farrell. I forget what it's called. Is it it's just, just Alexander? Alexander. Okay. It's they not all, any good. They all came out around the same time. Therefore, they existed during the same period of time. And I do the same thing with uh, the old movies, like Peter O'Toole movies and all that stuff. Like Maybe I should make like a, a chronology for you of like historical movies and like put it on like a chart. Maybe... It would probably just be more helpful for you to associate them with the real people, and that way I have a context, a historical context, to be like, okay, Gladiator happened during this time, which had nothing to do with Troy, because Troy happened a long time before that, and Lawrence of Arabia happened way after that. So, this is what I'm telling you, kids. Take at least one history course, because holy God... Thank goodness that the the history or the fate of the universe is not in my hands and has nothing to do with me winning Jeopardy, a history category, because we would all die. Anyway, <laughs> God, Alexander the Third of Scotland. <laughs> okay, not Colin Farrell. Not Colin Farrell. Okay. All right. He has is, this he... ever depicted been depicted in movie form? Uh, not that I'm aware of. Not okay. What we're talking about hasn't no. been. Okay. Um, <clears throat> no. Perhaps in a little-known Daniel Day-Lewis movie. What it leads to is depicted in movie form, but we'll get to that. Uh, are we are we rolling just, into Braveheart times? Always. Okay. It's always uh, about Braveheart, guys. Uh, anyway, uh, Alexander III, the effer-upper of this episode. Ooh, okay. So he comes to the throne in 1249. So, a little background. 
Uh, he was born in September 1241 at Roxburgh Castle in Scotland. He was the son of King Alexander II, who again d- died in July 1249, leaving Alexander III as monarch at age seven. Oh boy, this is this is going to go well. Yeah. Uh, he was wed to Margaret, a daughter of the English King Henry III in 1251. Okay. Keep in mind, Alexander is nine years old at the time. Okay, well. Uh, disputes among Scottish nobles led Henry to attempt an intervention, but this proved fruitless because Henry III was not a great monarch. Uh-huh. Um, How old was Margaret when she got married? Child married? Uh, about the same age. Not, not too much different, but... Cool. Yeah. Baby, baby monarchs, here yep. we go. Um, Alexander fully came into power in 1262 when he turned 21 years old. Um, that makes sense. Yep. Well, at least there was, what is that called when you have a, like an advisor that a rules? A, re, yeah, a regent. regent. There's a king regent, probably, right? Mm-hmm. Okay. Yeah, or at least a council of nobles. Yeah. Um, at this time, uh, the Western Isles, the Isle of Man, Shetland, and Orkney were controlled by Norway. These are like all the islands that are kind of like around Scotland. Right, yeah. Like you have a picture of Scotland and you have like, like, these are all like the islands around it. Yeah, I'm aware of them. And um, the, the Norman king was like very powerful at this point, right? Yeah, king of Norway, yeah. Yeah, Norway, which is random because now like Norway is kind of like removed from a lot of conflict. They're just kind of like, ah, we're Norway. Yeah. Leave us alone. Bye. So it's weird to think that at one time, like, Norway and Denmark were, like, world powers. Oh, yeah. Very strange to think of. Anyways. Uh, nor- negotiations with the Norwegian king Hakon IV over the islands broke down in 1263, leading to the Battle of Largs, the death of Hakon, and the annexation of the Western Isles and the Isle of Man in 1266. Not Hakon. He's my favorite. So, so, so like, Alexander III establishing himself... You know, establishing you know some degree of competency uh, at an early age. I mean, he's only in his twenties at this point. So, jeez. Uh, so, fast forwarding a little bit, Alexander and Margaret would have three children. Okay. A daughter named Margaret, of course, in twelve sixty one. A son named Alexander no. in twelve sixty four, and another son named David in twelve seventy two. Oh my God! They all use the same names. People just oh. be a little creative. So, oh my god, is there at least, there's probably another, like, five Alexanders, four Davids, another handful of Margarets. Ugh. Unfortunately, all of them predeceased Alexander III. Jeez, okay. Queen Margaret, his wife, died in 1275, his son David in 1281, his daughter Margaret in 1283, and his son Alexander in 1284. Oh my gosh. Yeah. This led to the succession becoming uncertain, as oh, Alexander yeah. had only one grandchild. Oh. His granddaughter by Princess Margaret. Oh, gosh. Do you want to guess her name? Was it Margaret? Yeah. Oh, my God. Are you serious? Yep. So, but oh. uh, in, in his, his historiography, she's typically called Margaret the Fair Maid of Norway. Okay. So, we'll just call her that just to distinguish her. Okay. So, that's his grand. That's his only granddaughter. Okay. A grandchild, rather. Um, after Margaret, fair maid of Norway, Alexander's next closest relative was his third cousin once removed. Oh, gosh. A man by the name of John Balliol. Did, did he ever even meet this guy? Oh, yeah. Like, he, he was a Scottish noble. So. Oh, okay. Um, here's a picture. Here's an image of Alexander III. Nice. It's like, okay. It's like a statue in like a church, probably. It yeah, yeah. Like. It looks like a bust in a church. Yeah. Uh... There's a, a stained glass image of Margaret 
the fair maid of Norway. And just a, a wee Scottish baby. Yeah, there's a reason why she's depicted as a child. Oh, um, no. And there's a t- contemporary image of John Balliol. <laughs> well, not quite as representative as the statue, but <laughs> no. he's uh, dressed in the typical garb at the time, which is a shirt and no pants. <laughs> yeah. Or well, like just stockings. Like, yeah, like stockings. Yeah. Which, I mean, honestly, seems like it would be pretty comfortable. Yeah, probably. Just... Hey, what do I always say? Ventilation. Ventilation, yeah, but it, but leggings don't really give you much. Depending on what material they're made out of, that's true. But these were probably made of like cotton or wool, so there would be a good deal of like ventilation and wicking happening. So yeah. anyway, um, so and Margaret again, she's a small child, a wee baby. Yeah, yeah. Uh, Alexander's daughter, Princess Margaret. She had died uh, in childbirth, giving uh, birth. Oh, to... okay. Margaret died, begetting Margaret. Oh, God. Um, okay. So she's only like a couple years old at this point. Oh, boy. And her age and gender could lead to instability and possibly civil war. Because, again, at this time, it was very rare for a woman to actually rule a country and rule it effectively. Right. Um, David was like, hey, I have a great idea. Here's how we go parent-child in terms of uh, succession. And they're like, cool. So what happens if we have a daughter? He's like, don't worry about that. Just, just, that's, just, just have sons. That's don't never going to happen. Yeah, just just will, have sons. It will literally never happen. And then just like, what, yeah. 150 like years, later, years later? Yeah, yeah 200 years later, they yeah. were like, okay, now what do we do? I, I mean, uh, and this will probably get an episode, like uh, the consequences of this will probably get an episode in and of itself, so I won't go too far into it. But about um, about 100 years before this, England kind of, yeah, or, 150 years through the, before this, England went through the same thing, um, where uh, Henry II died without a male heir. His only male heir had died before him, so he only had his daughter Matilda left. And you can't let somebody name Matilda rule. It, and it that's just the rule. It didn't turn out well. Like her cousin uh, King or Stephen of Blois uh, <laughs> came over and did you say Blois? Stephen of Blois? Yeah, that that that's the place he's from. Stephen of Blois. Can you spell it? B L O I S. It's French. Oh my gosh. It's pronounced blah. <laughs> blah. Okay, sorry. Um, Stephen of Blah came over he, and. He basically usurped the throne and became King Stephen um, of Dang. England. Uh, but it led to like a 20 year civil war, which is called the Anarchy. <laughs> oh my gosh. Yeah, so. So, yeah, so like. Uh, they hadn't quite figured it out yet. <laughs> yeah, so like uh, women ruling, like, not exactly common and not so, so like it would just generate problems see what the patriarchy day. does yep see it's still it, it it resonates even today the yeah. patriarchy yeah uh margaret fairmaid of norway again the daughter of princess margaret and king eric the second of norway mm-hmm. so she's also like the daughter of the king of norway okay so she's so she's like basically the heiress to two yeah, well, Eric has, I think he has sons. Oh, okay, so, never but, mind. Well, I mean, still, you know, daughter Important. of monarch. Yeah. But Alexander uh, decided to remarry in the oh, hopes of producing no. a male heir. Oh, no. Uh, this is going to be bad. He marries Yolanda of Drew from France, uh, the daughter of a powerful French noble in November 1285. Okay. So, this was Alexander that remarried? Yes. Okay. Yes, so he's like, well, I, I get a male heir. Gotta remarry. Margaret Chopsui. Nobody cares about the fair maid of Norway. Yeah, she's like a last resort. 
So I wonder, March, but she's a child still. I was like, yeah. I wonder what that must feel like to be like. Yeah, she's like, I, I can, I can rule the country, she's and he's two, like, shut she's up. Literally two years old at this point. So. Yeah, okay. She has more important things to worry about, like you know, cutting teeth, yeah. learning how to walk. Who's gonna change me? <laughs> no, she has maids for that. I'm sure nursemaids. Yeah. Uh, in March 1286, Queen Yolanda was at King Horn, across the Firth of Forth from the king's location at Edinburgh Castle. Edinburgh. Edinburgh. Uh, I so. love the Firth of Forth. I love that name. It's so silly. You have seen it, yes. You've Probably. Been at, you've been to Edinburgh, haven't you? I have, but I couldn't tell you if I've seen it specifically. If I had, I didn't know. Yeah. I mean, so, I've, I've been to Edinburgh, but I was... Here's a map. That little arrow is pointing at Kinghorn. Okay. And the king himself would be, like, uh, down here, like, at the south of the map. Mm-hmm. So, like, he basically just across the Firth. From okay. His wife. Okay. So on March four, on March nineteenth, Alexander left Edinburgh for Kinghorn, aiming to arrive the following day, which was the Queen's birthday. Uh, he crossed the Forth in inclement weather, and his advisors his advisors urged him to stay overnight at Inverkeith, thing, which is basically just the ferry location uh-huh. that he got to. He's like, yeah, you know what? It's a big storm. It's night. Let's just, just wait. Yeah. And this is where he has up. Oh no! Alexander refused, he insisting said, no on thanks. traveling through the night to Kinghorn. Also, I have seen the Firth of Forth. Yes. Um, when you're at Edinburgh Castle, you can look out over it. They yeah. still fire a ceremonial cannon. Yeah. To uh, like, summon the ships back in. Yeah. To the dock. So, anyways, sorry. Um, a noble accompanying him, Alexander Le Saucier. Le Saucier. Le Saucier. Ooh. Uh, they, uh, you know, they call a, one of the types of chefs in a French kitchen a saucier. Yep. I wonder uh, if that's where it comes from. Maybe. Probably not. Uh, he tried to dissuade the king from going, but failed, saying, quote, My lord, what are you doing out in such weather and darkness? How many times have I tried to persuade you that midnight traveling will do you no good? End quote. It won't. It will do you no good. Yep. And what is, is he going to George Washington it? I, I don't know what you mean. Get pneumonia and die in the rain? No. Well, um, no. Okay. Alexander set off with his group, but he became separated from them in the darkness. <laughs> oh my god. <laughs> Sorry, I'm just imagining them like, okay, everybody... Carefully put your hand on the shoulder of the person in front of well, you. Well, on horses. That's a little more difficult. Okay. Put your hand on the on the front of your horse and hold the reins of the person next to you. And then they're like, oh, no, George has fallen. And then everybody lets go. And then they're like, wait, I can't find you. Uh, his body was found the next morning with a broken neck. Oh, my God. So he either fell off his horse and broke his well, neck. I, I'm, I'm getting to that. Okay. Uh, it is presumed that his horse lost its footing in the rocky terrain. Yeah, and, and it is really craggy over there. Yeah, so, like, at dark, stormy night, his horse basically just lost its footing and he, his neck was broke. Or somebody murdered him. There was some brief speculation about that, but, like, there, I mean, there's no evidence for that. Somebody uh, just came over and pushed him off? No, it's more likely it was just accidental. Well, the horse can't tell. Yeah, so... Was his horse ever found? His horse is fine. Oh. I think. Yeah, I, didn't know. I don't know. But mm. The horse is irrelevant. 
Um, not to a murder investigation. This is not a murder investigation. You ne- you don't know. Let's I do call, know. Let's the, call up the... The case is closed. It has been closed for 800 years. Uh, what's that Scottish crime procedural that we watched? Mela. Broadchurch? Broadchurch. Let's call it's David... It's Scottish, it's English. Uh, well, uh, David Tennant's Scottish. Number one. Number two, let's call David Tennant. David Tennant, can you investigate this 800-year-old murder case, yes or no? I'm like, no, don't call me again. <laughs> if I ever got David Tennant's phone number, that's probably not the thing that I would say, but okay. Um, Pretty sure David Tennant's Scottish. Anyways. Yes. Um, See? I got yeah. it right. Well, sure, the show is set in England. Mm, okay. Um... And so, like, here we can you know, kind of speculate on his motivations. He's like, why was he so bound and determined to, like, like why could he not wait? Yeah, yeah. Like, why, why not just wait? Yeah, especially, like, <clears throat> who wants to go in the middle yeah. of the night like that? Well, we can, may have a clue to his motivations. Um, yeah. From something called the Lanacrost Chronicle. Quote, He used never to forbear on account of season nor storm, nor for perils of flood, or rocky cliffs, but would visit none too credibly, nuns or matrons, virgins or widows, as the fancy seized him, sometimes in disguise. Oh my god. So he was just a horn dog. Oh yeah. He was super horny and he, he was, was like... He was DTF. So so he didn't even necessarily want to go home? He wanted to visit like a brothel or a woman? Well, he wanted to go see his wife. Oh. Because remember, also remember, needs that male heir. Oh yeah, he was like the the, it, it, the it, feeling it, has seized me, oh. and, and he's got the he's got all that you know history in the back of his mind of an unsta- what happens with an unstable succession. <laughs> so he's just like all these things, and he's just like, I mean, I mean, when it comes down to it, he's just horny. Yeah, so he's driven by literally the same thing that every male is driven by, his libido. And he's like, all right, the feeling has overcome me. I must at once go home and produce a male heir. Not, you know, thinking about, considering he didn't know anything about how female anatomy worked. Yeah. Well, with his death, Scotland was plunged in turmoil. Oh, no. Six of the most powerful nobles in Scotland were appointed as guardians of Scotland to rule the country until the succession was sorted out. Now, Queen Yolanda announced that she was pregnant. So the succession wasn't entirely clear. Oh. When she uh, gave birth to a stillborn child in November, Margaret Fairmaid of Norway was the only clear option. Now, if you're thinking like, you know, maybe it's like, oh, she got pregnant like, you know, um... She just found somebody, like, who wasn't, like, just after Alexander died, she just found, like, the, just the nearest, like, stable boy and was like, come hither, lad. Come hither, <laughs> come hither lad. Yeah. That's going to be a shirt. But it, it's like, you know, it's possible that she was pregnant. I mean, because, like, you know, March to November, that's, like, what, eight months? Yeah. Yeah. So it's like, it's possible she was pregnant and, like, wasn't necessarily showing yet. Right. Because she would have been, like, just pregnant. Yeah, and, you know, Alexander may not have known. Like, if he had known, he probably would not have been rushing to her, you know, immediately. Right. Um, 
So I mean, it's possible that it is that was Alexander's, but at the end of the day, it was stillborn. So the point is moot. So Margaret Fairmaid of Norway, only clear option. Uh, however, disputes among the Scottish nobles and a rebellion by a nobleman named Robert de Bruce. Oh. Not that Robert the oh, Bruce. Oh, dang it. I was like, I know this one. That Shoot. Robert the Bruce's grandfather. Oh, okay. Uh, made King Eric II of Norway reluctant to send his three-year-old daughter to Scotland. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> uh, it makes sense. Yeah. He's like, well, you're safe here, and Norway is very powerful. I don't want to send you to a destabilized, right. like, kind yeah. of country that has no clear leader. So... Especially because she's not going to be doing anything at this point. Yeah. So, so Scotland's like, okay, well, we need some guarantee of her safety. We need an outside party to guarantee her safety. Oh, boy. Here we go. Enter King Edward I of England. He, oh, man. He's definitely going to stir some pots out you here. You know him as the bad guy from Braveheart. Uh, Edward I. Who is he played by? Uh, Patrick McGowan. Don't remember. Continue. I'm going to look it up. Look up. All right. Anyway. Uh, the Guardians negotiated the Treaties of Bingham with Edward I in 1290, in which Edward would be responsible for Margaret's safe passage from Norway to Scotland. And Margaret would be betrothed to Edward's son and heir, the future King Edward II. So if things had pan out differently, we may have had the union of England and Scotland, like, Far earlier. Far earlier than what it, than what it happened. Because, like, you know, if she's the Queen of Scotland, Edward II is King of England, they, their, their child is going to be the heir of both. The supreme ruler. Yes, so. Of that yeah. whole thing. So in August 1290, so, like, a, so this is, like, there were three and a half years after Alexander died. Like, the Guardians have just been ruling Scotland until it's, like, you know... Just as an interim government until then. Yeah. That guy. Got it. Yep. Okay. All right. I, I'm i I'm used to seeing this guy, like, more disheveled. Like, in his other more famous stuff that he's done. Yeah, he was the on the original version of The Prisoner. Exactly. He's an escape. He's a warden from Escape from Alcatraz. Yeah. He's, like, more disheveled yeah. normally. So I was like, I couldn't remember him. Plus, he's much older in that one. But yeah. anyways, continue. Uh, in August 1290, the now 7-year-old Margaret set sail for Scotland. Oh, he's called Longshanks. That's yeah, why. Yeah, that's his nickname because he was tall. Yeah, because nobody says Edward the First. Well, I mean, they do, but they call I remember... Edward the Longshanks. Yeah. Okay. All right. Yeah. Sorry. Got yeah. it. Now I know. Because he, they called him that just because he was tall. Because he had long shanks. Duh. Yeah. Um, however, during the voyage to Scotland, Margaret became ill oh. and was forced to land in Orkney, where she died in September 1290. Do you think she was poisoned? No. Is this a murder she's case? Sea, she's got really bad seasickness. <sighs> like yeah. you do when you're a child and traveling. And traveling across the North Sea. Yeah, super cold, very <laughs> yeah. rainy, not good weather. No. With her death, the Crown of Scotland became a free-for-all contest. Oh, no. Numerous nobles claimed the crown for themselves, leading the Guardians to solicit the intervention of a supposedly neutral party, King Edward. <laughs> Yeah, England is not a neutral party ever. No, especially not Edward. And a not... A man who was, like, famously just could not stop fighting wars against somebody. <laughs> yeah, and also not when you have a vested interest in Scotland. Like, like he nearly bankrupted England because he built so many castles in Wales. Because <laughs> he just was just like, 
wanted there to be so many castles so, like nobody would you know rebel against him what the hell? so that's a very strange line of thinking <laughs> yeah um, okay this is why they have castles up to here yeah that's why boils is like like they they got a cornucopia of castles yeah but uh, they also are all falling apart because how can you possibly take care of so many castles yeah. anyway um a demand of Edwards was that the Guardians recognize him as Scotland's feudal overlord. <laughs> okay. Yeah. I'm a neutral party. Uh, could... <laughs> I am your overlord. Appoint me your feudal overlord. <laughs> so, <laughs> like, um, what? The Guardians refused, citing correctly that only a king could do so. And while there was no king, so well, sorry, we can't do anything about that. Uh, they still wanted Edwards' help as an arbiter. Mm-hmm. Uh, Edward agreed with some concessions from the Guardians and convened a court of 104 auditors to decide the matter with himself in charge. Uh, Thirteen nobles put forward claims to the throne, with the most prominent being John Balliol. Of course. Uh, Lord of Galloway. Uh-huh. And Robert the Bruce, Lord of Annandale. And now, that, now we are talking about the Robert the Bruce. Okay. Uh, who I will show you an image of here. Don't need one. I already know what he looks like from Braveheart. <laughs> yeah, the Braveheart one <laughs> is a little bit easier to remember. The what Cody just showed me is a wood carving. The wood carving or, or like clay. clay? Yeah, I think it's clay. Okay, could be. I mean, it's yeah. so rough that it could be one or the other. Uh, so after hearing legal arguments and a period of deliberation, the court declared John Balliol king of Scots in November twelve ninety two. Interesting. So now we're like six and a half years removed from when Alexander died. So it's been a while. Uh, but Balliol would prove to be a disaster as Edward undermined his authority at every opportunity, again demanding recognition as feudal overlord and demanding military and financial support. So Edward's basically just like trying to use him as a puppet. Of course. Uh, Balliol's weakness led the Scottish nobles to take control of the kingdom in July 1295. Okay. Uh, they negotiated the Treaty of Edinburgh with France in October 1295, beginning what would be called the Auld Alliance which would last for over 250 years between Scotland and France. So why France? Enemy of my enemy. Of my enemy. Oh, I see. Okay. So, okay. and plus it's like, it's, it's good for France because if whenever England wants to fight France, it's like, well, we got to watch our backs because Scotland's right there. Mm, or they want to okay. fight Scotland. Like, oh, well, we got to watch France. So it's like. Okay. Yeah. So, so it's a strategic thing for yeah, Scotland. Especially, especially at this time because England has significant land holdings in what is today France. And France is very powerful as well at yeah. this point, right? Yes. Okay. Yes. So, uh, this led Edward to invade Scotland in March 1296, kicking oh, off the First War of Scottish Independence. Balliol abdicated in July 1296, and a new set of guardians would rule Scotland until 1306, including a minor noble named William Wallace. Mm. And that is the only time he will be brought up officially like in this show. Oh. Yep. Um, so, why do you think William Wallace got to be so famous? Was it just, like, word of mouth? Was he really, truly that cool of a dude? I mean, he led Scotland in several military victories, and he also lost a few. Mm -hmm. um, like you do. Can't win them all. I think also, like, the way he died Oh yeah, contributed to it, because his Oof. death, like, I'll say this for the movie... That is a very toned-down version of his death. Really? Yes. Ugh. Like, he was... That's awful. Like, I'm trying to think. He was castrated. 
His bowels were cut out while he was still alive and burned before him. He was, he was drawn and quartered. I know the first thing he was he was hung by the neck until he was almost dead. Um, then they cut him down, castrated him, drew and quartered him, burned his entrails while he was still alive, um, killed him, cut him into pieces. His head was put on a pike outside the Tower of London. I, I think it was Tower of London. And the remaining parts of his body were sent to the four corners of the island just to say, hey, don't screw with the English. So Jeez. it was a brutal death. So Wow. Okay. Yeah. So, and uh, Robert the Bruce, he was crowned King of Scots in March 1306. Okay. And I was wrong earlier. Um, it, the 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 claimant, the original claimant wasn't like that. Robert the Bruce. It was still his grandfather. Ah, um, okay. So, but now we're at you know the Robert the Bruce. So even I get mixed up sometimes because the names are all the freaking same. Even like you have Cody. three generations of just Robert the Bruce. <sighs> it's annoying. So yeah, why Rob- can't why can't it be like Robert the Robert the Fair Maiden of Norway? Or just give them different names. <laughs> but it could just be like. Robert the nickname one. Robert, Robert. Robbie, Bob, Bobby. I, I don't know. Bobertson. <laughs> yeah, I know. Anyway, Edward the first died in July 1307 to be succeeded by his much less capable son, Edward the second. Oh no, Edward the first. But he started some fights that, or he um, wrote some checks that his sons couldn't cash. Oh, yeah, Edward II, like, one of the worst monarchs to ever rule England. Oh, no. Um, that sucks. Like, you fast forward a little bit. He was actually deposed in 1327. <laughs> His wife overthrew him with no. the help of her lover. Oh, my gosh. Uh, wow. And they put, like, you know, his son on the throne. But, yeah, Edward II, uh, there's, no, there's no concrete proof of this, and this is probably apocryphal. But one of the stories of his death, because he, he died, like, a few months after he was deposed. Uh-huh. Conveniently. Um, supposedly he died by having a red-hot poker shoved up his ass. <gasps> no! What? It's one of the stories, but I mean, there's no way to definitively know that. But Yikes. Yeah, so. Uh, yeah, not liked. Uh, oh, okay. Oh. I know I know about his wife. Because they, they called her the She-Wolf of France. Yeah. Uh, that's that, was, that was who was played by Christopher Lambert's ex-wife in Braveheart. Oh, yeah. that's cool. I didn't know that she... Okay. Um, I so, just wanted to say, I just so I could, you know, bring up Christopher Lambert on the show. I know. You already did it twice. Yeah. This is probably not even the first time that you've done it. I'm sure that you've done it probably. a time before. You'll love Christopher Lambert so much. I do. Christopher Lambert, if you're listening, Cody's one of your biggest fans and uh, ardent supporter. Yes. And I, I will convert you sometime. <laughs> okay. Uh, Robert you don't the... have to convert me. I love him in Mortal Kombat. And you should love him in other films. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, well. Uh, Robert the Bruce okay. won a decisive victory over English forces at the Battle of Bannockburn in June 1314, effectively winning Scottish independence. Nice. Because uh, Edward II was and There's Robert the Bruce at crappy. Bannockburn, like, leading his troops. It's a, it looks like it came out of a history book. It's like a painting for a history book Probably. from the 70s. Yeah. Formal recognition of Scottish independence by England took place in 1328 with the Treaty of Edinburgh and Northampton. Mm-hmm. 
And while the Second War of Scottish Independence would be fought from 1332 to 1357, and the two countries would engage in various conflicts over the centuries, Scottish independence was mostly maintained until the Acts of Union in 1707. See episode four of this podcast. <laughs> so, Yay, we're getting to reference ourselves. Yep. Yeah, so there you go. Just because all that, because Alexander III wanted some strange. <laughs> <laughs> and he, 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 had, he had to have it. He behaved he was, as... He was hot to trot. He behaved as any red-blooded male... He Who was, needed a male he, was, yeah, he He needed to make Whoopi right then. Oh, my God. <laughs> Cody is about 72 years old, if you didn't know. Uh, um, Because he just said, make Whoopi. Like somebody on the freaking Newlywed game. Hey, good show. Is it? Yeah, there okay. was. Yeah. Mm-hmm. He was 44, so... Wasn't even like... Oh, yeah, yeah, he wasn't an old man. He wasn't like a decrepit old man. And Yolanda was, let's see, oh my god, she was 22. Hey, he, he had to marry someone of <laughs> birthing age. He was like, alright, listen, here's here's the plan. We get married, and whenever I want, I'm going to ride through the night so that I can yep. put a male heir in you. Yep. And she was like, okay, I'm 22, so like, whatever. That's what Yolanda sounded like, if you know that, if you uh, didn't know that. Well, she's French, so that should just be the French accent. Wee oui, wee. Oui. That's what she said. <laughs> I don't know. Uh, and I, my French is like, I can read French, but I can't speak it very well. My, uh-uh. my That's not words. Also, uh, Baguette. it's hard, it's hard to, uh, it's, it's harder to speak a language, definitely, I think, than it is to just read it. Yes. So. I, I would agree with that. My reading French is passable. My speaking French is not good. So. No civil play, no français. <laughs> anyway, the uh, sources for this episode: uh, Michael Brown's *The Wars of Scotland*, twelve fourteen to thirteen seventy one, from two thousand four. Marion Campbell's *Alexander the Third, King of Scots* from nineteen ninety nine. Michael Lynch's *Scotland: A New History* from nineteen ninety one. Bruce Webster's *Medieval Scotland: The Making of an Identity* from nineteen ninety seven. Alex Wolfe's *From Pictland to Alba*. 79 to 1070 from uh, 2007. Did you say from Pictland to yeah. Alba? Yeah. Oh, man. Maurice the, always the talks Picts. about the, the Picts. Yeah. How they were actually really small. Yeah. And how they were probably dwarves. I don't know. Yeah. Um, and then uh, from the Chronicle of Atlanta Cross, where I got that quote from about how horny Alexander was. <laughs> Uh, from the Scottish Historical Review, edited by Herbert Maxwell in 1909. If you gotta have it, you gotta have it, but maybe if it's, you know, a torrential downpour outside, and yeah. you have to ride through horseback through the night, you know, maybe just hang on to that for a little... Gonna, I was hang on to that till the next morning. I was gonna say, like, as king, couldn't you just, like, you could be like, alright, well, I'm gonna go find a, a sex worker, um... Or whomever, right for right now. But tomorrow I'll be ready. But I guess maybe they thought they like had ideas that like you had to save it or whatever. Like you 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 couldn't just like go and have sex with whatever because they oh wouldn't kings be... like they oh no, no no kings they would it was expected they for them to have like mistresses and such ah yeah like, okay. that was that was expected. <laughs> but he so. was he was like listen I gotta go 
I gotta go do this with Yolanda. I need a legitimate male heir. So he was trying to do the right thing. He just couldn't wait. No. He was impatient. He was trying to do the right thing. He just didn't have his timing down. And timing is key. (laughs) Oh, God. Okay. What are we talking about next time, Cody? We're going to fast forward a little bit to something a little more recent. Uh, Something that has entered the... The, the cultural milieu of American life. Let's talk about Watergate. Oh, boy. Yep. Well, I, uh, I've i recently been laughing at a lot of um, things that occurred around Watergate, so I'm excited to kind of talk about those on the podcast. Yep. So. And I think Watergate should be something that most of the listeners will yeah. know about. Like, we're not going to, like, I'm not going to delve, like, into every detail of it, because, my God... There are so many plot threads and just kooky individuals involved. Like, there's no way I can fit that into one single episode of a podcast. Sure. Uh, so, we're just basically just going to talk about, like, a specific thing about Watergate itself. And the that fallout of it, I'm not going to go into. Okay. So, it, like, it, it will be, like, just, like, the break-ins themselves, and that's it. Okay. It's like, I'm not cool. going into everything, because, God, that would... I mean, there, there are whole podcasts devoted to just that. that oh, I'm do, sure. Yeah, that would do Like, seasons of podcasts yes. and stuff. Yes. Cool. So. All right. Please don't forget to check out our sister projects, or mostly my sister projects. Uh, the YouTube show, The Drunken Pond, which is produced by myself and hosted by our co-producer, Steve, on this podcast, um, where we drink beer and play board games. It's a great time. Uh, Attack of the Final Girls, which is a horror review podcast, uh, which is co-hosted by myself and my lovely pod wife, Juliet. Please rate, review, and subscribe to our show so we can stay on the charts. Check us out on Twitter and Instagram at WeFDUP. I'm Teresa. And I'm Cody. And this is WeFDUP. We